You're listening to a Skewed Orbit original podcast. Hey, friends. Thanks for checking out Highly Unlikely. We just wrapped our second season. We'll be back with our third season in the fall. But in the meantime, check out this mashup of some of my favorite moments from seasons one and two. Do you know the Emperor Commodus? Well, I know he's from the movie. Right. I don't know how accurate that is. So it's sort of accurate. The part of like Marcus Aurelius almost gave the throne to a guy named Maximus, that's all horseshit. Okay. Um, especially because Marcus Aurelius and Commodus co-ruled together when Commodus was 16. So the thought behind that was to basically like make it so that there couldn't be any sort of power grab at his death and like yeah. introduce him like he's already going to be emperor I'm like getting him ready now. So there's because, you know, other times if he hadn't be, been emperor yet, it'd be easier to sort of like someone try to snipe in. Yeah, that, that's like the whole first season of Game of Thrones, the, right. new, the new Game of Thrones right now. Um, but Commodus became emperor when he was only 19. Right. And Commodus was obsessed with gladiators, which was very unusual mm-hmm. because they were really looked down upon. Like, it's not like being a sex worker today or something, but it's almost like the stigma of it was like people love it, but they're someone of that elite stature. It's like so insane that they would want to be that into it. Yeah, Commodus yeah. had a miniature Colosseum in his palace so he could do his own like pretend fights, but he also, oh, that's so, that's so cute. He also would put himself in his gladiatorial games. So most of what he did was he would just go out there and kill animals. Like he would just slay beasts in front of people and then he would have fights. But, you know, it was kind of like he was the Globetrotters and the other guys were the generals. But except he didn't do cool tricks. He was just like, look how great I am. And he never killed them in front of people because he was trying to show that he was a merciful emperor. But then apparently he always killed them like behind the scenes. So he was kind of like Commodus. That's exactly what Commodus does in uh, in Gladiator. But so what's interesting is like the records show that people really didn't like it when he would, because it was stupid. They were like, we get it. You're the emperor. You're going to yeah, go and do yeah. a show. We want to, but they had to like kind of pretend they were into it or he would have them slain. But oh, it wow. caught up with him because he used to just kill his servants and concubines. Like these guys were insane, dude. These emperors were like, I'm, I might do a, in another season, a show about just the emperors, like Caligula. How could you, and, not, how could you not be crazy if that's what, Right. Society is. And so, like, at one point, there was, like, a story where he, like, had a slave draw a bath for him, and it wasn't hot enough, so he just killed the slave, like, just because the water wasn't warm enough. But it, it ended up being his undoing, because he actually had wrote down a list of people he was planning to have killed, and one of his concubines, or mistresses, whatever the term they used, Marcia, uh, her last name's too complicated, Marcia, found it and took it to some other guys that were sort of, like, associates of his that he was going to have killed and then they had his wrestling coach this guy narcissus drown him strangle him in the bathtub okay. and that's how he died so the whole thing of him fighting a gladiator and dying that's all horseshit but yeah. it is true that he did make a spectacle and he was like look how great i am i'm i'm this great gladiator emperor just to put in perspective like how absurd his stuff was so there's a guy named flava which means like the flame who was like this iconic Gladiator, and I'll get to him more in a second. He had 34 fights in his career, which his was like was Flava, Flava, or Flama. Flava. Excuse me, Flama, Flava, Flava, no, no. Flama, like, like Flame. He was called the Flame, the Flame. Yeah, perfect. Uh, you you said it's, it's I know. almost too easy. <laughs> I, not... I almost felt like it's more fun to let that one go by. Yeah. Um, that guy had 34 fights. Okay, yeah. he was like this incredible, like he was like a Tom Brady, Michael Jordan type guy, right? Commodus was in the ring or in the arena 735 times to put it in perspective, like how, so people like, oh, geez. It, re- it would be, it would, I think the closest, it's like, like embarrassing. I feel but, embarrassed for him. Like a mad, right. And then people had to be like, okay, we get it. Oh, Apparently geez. he also, this is true. He thought he was a comedian and would do like comedy for like his servants and like make people like pretend laugh at him mm-hmm. and they had, they had to fake it, you know? Yeah. But I'm just imagining, like, imagine today, right, you're at a football game, and then they, like, pause the real football game and then let, like, I don't know who, it wouldn't be Donald Trump, but someone of the like, like, run a touchdown in, just so we all be like, it's amazing! Yeah, it's like, it sounds like we live in, like, that's like North Korea stuff. Yeah, basically. So the main difference between terrorism funding and money laundering and, like, cartel funding 
is with cartel funding, you know, like if you get drug money, just like to kind of give a little more explanation if, if you don't um, understand how this works. Let's say Randy sold like $10 million in Coke, right? Well, he can't just spend that $10 million because then the government's going to be like, where did this come from? Yeah. So he's got to take that 10 mil. He's got to take it to places like strip clubs and other stores, clean it, wash it, make it seem like it's from a legitimate business. Yep. Then you can spend it. With the cartel drug-related stuff, it goes full circle, meaning like cartel boss gets the money, cleans it, gets it back. Terrorist funding, many times, it's going one direction. So okay. someone like on the other end of the organization is just like getting the funding to like the military yeah, wing. Yeah, to buy, to buy guns and bullets and right. shit like but that. But they're not looking to get like money back. They're using it for other... Yeah, it's, it's, so it's sort of a non-profit money laundering. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a, it's a five hundred one you know C three of money laundering. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's for it's for a, it's for a good cause, <laughs> dude. That to some, not to most, but to some. Yeah, that's so funny, dude. You're so right. What a great way to think of it. <laughs> hey, man, it's all relative, dude. Yeah. You know, let's talk about cocaine a little bit. So you want to talk about cocaine, man? Because <laughs> I got ideas, man. In the early days of sodas, most of the time you had to go to a like soda station. Like you couldn't just get bottled soda. You had to go sit at a counter, the guy would make it for gotta you. Bring your best girl down there. That's what you gotta do. And share a straw. You could go and get Coca-Cola with the cocaine in it at one of these soda bars. And this is in the early 1900s where these places were segregated, so affluent white people could go and have their cocaine and they would feel great. Then once they started bottling cocaine, it became accessible to more uh, low-income black people. They were selling it, and you could get it from like a place you could pick up a bottle of Coca-Cola with the cocaine in it. So these you know, poor African-Americans, while they couldn't get into the whites-only soda bar, they could buy a bottle of cocaine, and then they got this like weird... Fe- this is a real thing. People were f- afraid that black people would drink the cocaine-laced Coca-Cola and like stage a revolt and anger against white folks. <laughs> You can look this up. It's real history. I'm not making this up. And also, they were probably already way stronger than you anyway. They don't need (laughs) cocaine to be able to overpower you. So let's jump ahead a little bit to kind of what we think of as the modern war on drugs, right? Nixon started it in 1971. From what I understand, it was a lot of it was to marginalize minority groups like black people, things like that. The more we can get off the streets into jails and things like that for very petty offenses, then the less they will vote. Nixon had, at least on paper, had this fear of drugs ruining so much of America. And it's like, oh yeah, well actually the war on drugs did infinitely more damage oh, yeah. than the actual drugs could ever do. Yeah, you're destroying so many more lives than the one person who was doing the drug. And the war. And the war on drugs. If that, you fail for 50 years straight, yeah, understand that you failed. Like no company that was losing money for 50 years would continue being a company. So back to 1938, April 20th, at the Yorkville Casino. I guess there was some sort of like, you know, place they were. Mobs, casinos. Yeah, but there was like, that's where this big... Uh, rally was being held in Yorkville, New York. Okay, so there was a march from the casino to this other place. They were speaking, and they were doing it to, you know, honor Hitler's birthday and kind of like try and like whip up support for, uh, you know, the German American yeah, bond. Yeah. So Meyer Lansky's like, okay, so we're gonna go in and fuck these guys up. So he recruited a lot of the members of Murder Inc. Some of the ones that stood out to me. There was a guy named Bugsy Goldstein who his thing is apparently he was known to crack jokes when he murdered people. That was like his reputation. Amazing. There was a what do you guy- think you would say? What would your joke be if you like murdered somebody while you were murdering somebody? Knock, knock. Who's there? Not you, bitch. <laughs> no, that's stupid. That's so dumb. I don't know. <laughs> There's also a guy named the Ice Pick, Jacob Drucker, because apparently he killed people with ice picks. That was his method of killing. What's the up? Ice Man. That's different. That's from Top Gun. No, not Top. Not that. Ice Age. That's also good. Um, <laughs> ice Ice Baby. <laughs> I don't know. What are you getting? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice tea. Okay. But what are you trying to say? <laughs> there was a mobster who used to, like a, a guy who used to murder people. I think, I think it was called the Ice Man, not the Ice Cube. Mr. Freeze from no, Batman? that would be good. Yeah. No, it's Ice Pick. I don't know. But Somebody this else. guy was, Somebody else. was Ice Pick because that was his. So these guys, they had a very, they weren't like just guys that he found in the neighborhood. I mean, these were killers. They were tough fucking dudes wait he killed with ice picks i'm back here did he just like take them off the roofs out in new york when it was cold or do you think he had a freezer he would just kind of okay i realized realized you don't know what an ice pick is that's an ice sickle that's an ice sickle oh an ice pick is that one (laughs) 
It's, yeah, it's like that. He's yeah, not yeah. carrying around. Like, why is no? He it's got like a wooden handle and a metal spear. Yes, I get that now. The, As I'm saying it, I was like, oh wait, that's like not a high it's, thought. It's to get, <laughs> yeah, it's ice picks. Like, cl- like people chip away at the ice. You can climb with them as well. No, no, no. You no. can climb with that's, ice picks. No, that's not what ice picks are for. That's a whole different thing. An ice pick is like a small round wooden handle and like maybe like six to eight inch. Um, spike, I and you just you use it to icicle. break. Could you imagine? It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. That's yeah. so silly. I love that. Okay, oh that's my, my silly. That's brain. like cartoon. That's like kind of a cartoon. I know. That's if like um, Roadrunner and Coyote are like in the like Ar- Arctic or something. Yeah, and that's ma- what I think about. It's yeah. Like, no, an ice pick was meant to like pick ice off. Yes. Of, you know. Yeah. Yes. So you no, know, there's a lot of times it was for like sneaky death. So like he would walk up behind someone and pull their head back and shove it in like their be- be- base of where Ooh. their brain is. There's a great Ooh. scene in um, I think it's Goodfellas. Have you seen Goodfellas? Yes, but it's like been a long time. It's, I think it's in Goodfellas where um, Joe Pesci's in a car with a guy and he shoves the ice pick into the base of that's his head. That's like a quick like that's yeah. Out, it kills man. you right away because if I'm it's not the most humane way to kill somebody probably maybe. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I could be wrong here, but I believe the Abdullah Oblongata is what it's called. Is the part the of Abdullah Oblongata? Have you heard of this? <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like, yeah. the, it's like your the central nervous system of your yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. and you shove an ice pick in there, and you'll just die at instantly. Lights out. Like your body's like. Yeah. So it's if you're trying to kill someone, it's the most. They're probably not going to because you know. Think about it. You got to be gu- so quick. A gun. It's noisy. You might not. They might get wounded and get away. They bleed out and not like die instantly. Right. You know. Plus the ice pick, you're not going to get blood sprayed on you like with stabbing. You True. put the ice pick in, it's real quick, you know? So. Ooh, creepy. I feel so creepy. But that out. just shows also these guys were like ta- like very like, Sm- like tacticians yeah, yeah, yeah. that they're killing. World War II, OSS, which is the precursor to the CIA, yep. they realized like, all right, we need to come up with new strategies to like sabotage the enemy on their home turf. So the first unofficial Navy SEAL, have you ever heard of this guy? His name is Jack Taylor. Uh-uh. You don't know Jack Taylor. Okay. No. So he wasn't. That name. A great name, that's right? A, that's like, we, only, we need one man. Give me Jack Taylor. He wasn't a SEAL. He was a uh, commando in World War II, but he was the first commando to fight in the sea, air, and land. So he kind of pioneered this whole thing. So he actually was an orthodontist originally. We get bombed on Pearl Harbor, and he's like, I got to sign up. I got to, you know, protect my- Nazis some free dental work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so he started in the um, with the Navy doing maritime operations, like attaching dynamite to bottoms of boats, things like that. So the OSS, so they had secret agents. They were sneaking into different yeah. parts of Europe, but they needed someone who could help get them in safely. Jack Taylor was great at that. So they would have him help sneak people from boats into Albania and like guide them through parts of Albania and other parts of like more eastern sides of Europe to sneak yeah. up through to enemy territory. But then, so while he's doing this, getting agents across enemy lines, the U.S. starts realizing that there are partisan forces in parts of Austria that hate the Germans, and they would probably align themselves with the Americans, but there was no way to like get a hold of these folks. So they had Jack Taylor lead a group of guys to parachute into Austria and track down these partisan forces to recruit them. One man. Yeah. Jack Taylor. They jump off the plane, and then for some reason there was a malfunction, and none of their gear could come on off the plane with them. So he and his men landed. He actually broke his foot on the landing. No gear, just like the stuff they had on their persons. They didn't get to just have bad their... breath and colorful language. Yeah. That's all they had. Oh my god. So then he gets into Austria. He's recruiting friendlies. They're actually like making serious inroads. Their safe house gets raided by the Germans, and he's captured. Now they start torturing him, and then they just said, you know what? We're just going to execute him anyway. So his first execution was scheduled, and he actually was, like, really friendly with everybody in the prison camp, and one of the janitor staff snuck the execution paperwork away. At some point, the commanders realized, like, the guards realized, like, wait, this guy was supposed to be killed. So they rescheduled the execution, and right before he was— Thursday? (laughs) And then right before it's about to happen, the camp gets liberated, and he was freed. This guy's got a horseshoe up his ass. Now— after that, he actually was said to have one of the key testimonies in the trials of the Nazis post-World War. At Nuremberg. Yes. Get out of here. Also, the reason why this hasn't been a movie, it's unbelievable. I know, right? It's like, you can't write some of this shit. Who would you play in the Jack Taylor movie? Uh, Cook. <laughs> I don't mean, they call me Cookie or something. Sure. You know, right. I smoke a cigar, like, all right, you assholes, enjoy. One other thing about, back to the mummies really quick. Yeah, please. So, apparently... 
if somebody was really for the women, if they were really attractive, they would actually let the body sit out and rot for a few days and then have it embalmed. And the reason is because apparently there was a problem with embalmers having sex with the bodies of the really beautiful. That means that one of the worst insults somebody could ever give you is after you die and your body's there and they're like, so should we wait a few days? They're like, nah, it's probably fine. Probably just send it right away. Okay, let me tell you about the pharaohs. All right, so that the pharaoh was just the king, as you know. They tried to keep the bloodlines really pure. That was a thing back sure. then, and they would sleep with their um, sisters and half siblings, and sometimes someone's parent. And it was really weird. And some things never change, huh? <laughs> Ew. So a pharaoh would wake up. He would immediately be bathed and dressed by his servants. He didn't really do anything. He had servants that would fan him constantly. He had royal guards all the time. If he left the palace, he would be carried in one of those. It was called a sedan, and it was that thing you see with, like, the four poles on it and a chair, and there were, like, the guys carrying him around in the royal sedan. That's crazy that me and the pharaoh drove the same whip. <laughs> do you know what? You, can you recall, by chance, any of the pharaohs by name? Do you remember learning about any of them? There's a few that are sort of famous. Tutankhamun. Yeah, okay, so that's right. So King Tut, who was King Tutankhamun, you remembered that. Yeah. King Tut was known as the boy king. He became pharaoh when he was nine years old. And uh, he died when he was 19. He didn't have a very long run. Interestingly, he, he was mummified. He was mummified with a fully erect penis. Was it natural? Well, actually, some historians think that his embalmers swapped out his with a larger member and put it on. How do you ask somebody that? <laughs> I mean, what if. What hey, Alex, <laughs> when you die, yeah. can I have your penis? <laughs> I do imagine, like, if he had a thing, he's like, hey, bring me all the slaves with giant dogs. I want to pick the one that I'm going to be mummified with. That's the world's worst farmer's market. <laughs> okay, so yeah, six years after they had gotten married, at only the age of 39, her husband died. 39. 39. Now, the story, the rumor is, or the story, the legend, is that there was like a big tsunami or some kind of storm and he flew overboard. No. But I don't know. You know, it's kind of mysterious. I, know, I feel like she really loved him. I well, believe it. Yeah. Either way, he gets overthrown, yeah. and then it's like not a hundred percent. You know, there's a power vacuum of sorts because he was, even though she was calling the shots, he was the official leader. Yeah. So like the other ships are looking around, like who's going to take over? Yeah. So what do you think she did to solidify her power? She married again. She did marry again. Do you know who she yeah. married? His brother. Her adopted son. Jesus. <laughs> who Man. was who was the heir? He was only eight years oh, younger than bold. her. You know. Well, people thought like. The, the the Targaryen queen marrying her nephew is weird. Yeah. Like that's that's a whole new level. Yeah, so she married Cheng Pao, her adopted yeah. son, who was the heir to her late husband. And they really solidify power that way. And then once she married him It's kinda hot. Yeah. You not would, blood related. Would you would you marry um my adopted son? Yeah. What if well, he was like a smoke show? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Are you going back to the scary joke? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what if no, he's really You never scary? heard the phrase smoke show? Like no. they're smoking hot. You never heard smoke oh, show? Oh, no, no. Have you heard smoke show? I'm a, I'm asking somebody you off mic. She knows it. You, no. you heard smoke? No, okay. So 50-50 on so the- smoke show, So if my adopted son turned out to be like so hot. Yeah. Yeah, if we were on an island- There's no blood. If, yeah, if there's no people around to judge me. <laughs> God will judge no, you. No, no. I'd be like- you like this. You created the first family. You watched it for years. Well, you got to think too. Like, there's no explanation of after Adam and Eve, how did they procreate? Yeah. There's no like, what well, you know. The other day, my friend said, "Yeah," and like they had to have sex with their brothers, and I said, "No, they got to have." Oh. Sex. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's so funny. It's so disgusting, but it's so funny. It's all about perspective. <laughs> so they had four versions of the afterlife. Okay, now, so is it different levels, like a video game? Kind of. So in like the Abrahamic religions, you tend to think of like if you're a good person, you go to heaven. Yeah. If you're a bad person, you go, you to, go hell. to hell. That didn't exist at all. It was 100% based on how you died is where you ended up. <laughs> so there was no sense of like, more, like good, bad morality like we think of it. I mean, they had things that were wrong, but they didn't have this like, if you're a bad person, you're punished in the afterlife. It only related to how you, you died. So, so you get sacrificed. So if you got sacrificed or if you died in war, you went to one place in the afterlife. Yeah. And, they, and again, keep in mind, the Aztecs and many cultures in South America and Mesoamerica didn't really 
travel the way a lot of like Europeans did. Yeah. Now, the theory behind that is because it's a much more vertical continent versus horizontal. So that kind of um, with weather patterns and uh-huh. geography and stuff, they tended to like kind of stay relatively in their areas. Yeah. And they didn't have horses either. So yeah, that's, I was thinking that they didn't have horses. Right. Yeah. Um, so they would just say like you went to the afterlife in the West, in the North, in the, it was kind of just yeah. somewhere over there. We've never been to. Also, there was a separate afterlife for women who died during childbirth. Uh, they had a, it was a very common thing, as you that, can imagine. Yeah, because it's, it's still pretty intense. I mean, it was, you know, every everybody's great now, but when my wife birthed our son, I'll put it this way, if we weren't in the 21st century in a hospital, we would have had some serious problems. Same. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, OBs. Science. And science and doctors. Doctors, and, yeah. anesthesiologists. Shout out to Dr. Chen. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Edu at uh, Spectrum Women's Hospital. Oh, no, he's somewhere else now. But either way, Dr. Edu, you did a great job, sir, uh, if you ever hear this. Yeah. Um, they thought also uh, – they did believe in reincarnation. Yeah. And they thought if you um, were killed as a uh, warrior, you would be reincarnated as an exotic bird. Oh, so, so not even a person, but that you, you become somebody that – Something that they want of high status. Yeah, but I, they revered these birds, you know. Yeah, like yeah. it was very special to them. So they didn't kill them. They um, just took their feathers. I, I guess they probably did kill them. Yeah. They must have killed them. I don't think they caught them, took the feathers, and let them go. I don't know. I just know that they said that there was um, a special – like that's one of the ways you could come back. Now, you, okay. you would also come back as a person too. Okay. Um, it was like a four-year cycle. Like you would be ah. there for four years. And then yeah. – um, this I found really fascinating. Um, so to recap real quick. So – Heaven one, or afterlife rather, one is for like warriors and sacrifice mm-hmm. people. Number two is women who died during childbirth. Yes. Number three is people who died from drowning or being struck by lightning. <laughs> that means that shit happened all the time. Right. If yeah. It, that's the thing. <laughs> and other things that happened, basically, if you were young and died of something tragic, okay. those were the two main things. Okay. And then number four was if you made it to old age. You had a, the, like, that was the last you, afterlife. You made it to the life. You, you life. But when you got there, there were eight levels of challenges that involved climbing up an obsidian mountain and fighting off wild beasts. So, so you die, and then you got to do a ninja warrior. <laughs> and then you get to the final level, and then your soul finally gets to rest. <laughs> Crazy, right? Now, this is what kicked off what was known the War of the Currents. So it was basically Edison's direct current versus Tesla's alternating mm-hmm. current. So Edison's on a campaign. He's like, I need to convince the public that this alternating current is dangerous. So he pays school children 25 cents a piece to round up stray dogs, and then he does public electrocutions of the dogs with, this is 100% real, with the alternating current to try and show people, hey, it's really scary. Like, this could happen to you. Oh my God. Think about it. He's killing dogs. In front of people? In front of people. Dude. It actually got to the point where he electrocuted an elephant. But the way they did it is they wrapped copper wires around the elephant's feet. And then it stood on a metal plate. And they, like, pulled the lever. And the elephant, like, fell over. Bro. What do you think about Edison? Dick, dude. (laughs) Now I hope Jake Paul beats his ass, man. So the thing in full disclosure, though, I will uh-huh. let you know that this particular elephant named Topsy, she'd already killed several trainers and at least once uh, spectator at the circus. <laughs> so, I, yo, I'm, I'm still on Topsy's side. Yeah. Topsy, R.I.P. Topsy above everybody else. He kills the elephant. People still don't care. But the state of New York is looking for a new way to humanely kill prisoners. So public hangings. We're the, we're the method of choice yeah. for executing prisoners, mm-hmm. right? Ideally, you pull the lever, snaps the neck, and they just die. Yep. But what would happen... <laughs> Continue so, explaining hangings, so, please. So two, so two things that would happen, either A... Uh-huh, two things that would happen It wouldn't hangings, snap the neck. Guys. They would, like, strangle and, like, throb mm-hmm. around. Or, That's thing number one that might happen during Yeah, hanging. and people were like, oh, this is barbaric. Or yeah. worse, it would decapitate the person. Get decapitate. That's thing number two. <laughs> then, get decapitated. Just blood would spray everywhere. Keep going. So then, <laughs> <laughs> is this too much? I know you're high right <laughs> no. now. Yeah. So then the public's like, this is barbaric. And New York is like, hey, we need a new way to kill people. Hey, Edison, you're killing all these dogs. What about you help us, like, kill a person? It's a murderer. And he's like, ah, I don't want to do that. And they're like, we'll say that it was using an alternating current to hurt your competitor, no Tesla. No way. Right? But the deal Edison made is that he would secretly give them all the guidance and technology to build the electric chair, but they had to use 
the alternating current generators from Tesla and Westinghouse's company. So after the Korean War, there were four American soldiers that defected to North Korea. Uh, one of the guys... American soldiers. Yes. That... that Decided they liked it on that side. Correct. So <laughs> um, it seems weird, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess there's a place for everyone. So that's okay. So I was thinking the same thing. I was like, <laughs> what, what could make someone want to do that? So this. I hate women. So this. Okay. This so is a good place to hate women. This one in particular, this guy's name was James Joseph Dresnock. Um, There's he, the problem right there, bro. He was a soldier That's in the a trailer Korean park War. Name right there. Well, it turns out he found out that his wife had left him, and he went AWOL. So, and then it turns out that he's like fuck, and he just basically ran through that minefield and made it into North Korea. He wasn't planning on going there. I think it was an impulsive decision at the time. You mean to tell me he was just like, man, fuck this bitch and fuck the goddamn army and fuck these Koreans? What's hell on the other side? Oh shit, worse Koreans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But here's here's. <laughs> Here's what's crazy, though, dude, is once he got into North Korea and was settled in, he became a national celebrity because he played the American white guy in all their movies and TV shows. So he was like a superstar in like state media. And he loved it. Then. Yeah. He stayed there his whole life. And he told his kids, his kids revealed that after he passed away, his message to them was to be loyal to the Kim family. They will take care of you. Isn't that nuts? If dude? you're white. I guess, apparently. Damn, bro. But it's like, that's how wild it is. That like, That's crazy. So like he went there. And I think I remember hearing this. Like, he became a celebrity. Yeah. Was he like allowed to fuck Korean women? I guess. He had children, so he must have. He had Korean, half Korean children? He didn't bring them with him, so he must have, yeah. I'm asking. I don't know, bro. I'm, oh, sorry. I'm saying I, I didn't look up it specifically for a fact. I'm thinking out loud right now. He defected there without kids. He lived there his whole life, and he had children. And he so, became like a movie star. Yeah, so he must have married a Korean woman and had kids with her. And he probably was, like, completely above the fray of all the bullshit yep. that Koreans have to deal with. Yep. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. That guy's a piece of shit, obviously. Like, how <laughs> how could you be that and then see how those people are treated and be okay with it? Yeah. It's just, it's just like when I hear these stories, like, that's so wild. That's why his woman broke up with him. Here we are thinking that <laughs> she's the bitch. No, she was the smart one. Yeah. Do you know what the beast is? Of course. Yeah. So you. That's the president's vehicle. He travels in. It's fully bulletproof. Oh, you can know. withstand a low-grade landmine explosion. or like an IED blast. Mm -hmm. They have the president's blood in the trunk at all times. Yeah. That they can switch in. And um, they have a, one of those, you know, like when you go into a gas station, they have those like ice cream coolers with like Kula Coos and ice cream sandwiches, fruit bars. One of those. That one's probably not true, but that would be so dope. And it would help keep the blood cold. You have the blood on one side <laughs> and the ice cream on the other side. It can take up to at least 50 shots from a high-power magazine. The um, opposite of Elon Musk's bulletproof windows. Yeah, those did not. Throw this baseball at the car. Watch it go right through. Okay. <laughs> the armor on the car is eight inches thick. The doors are the Threatening me right now? <laughs> the doors are... Listen to me. Yeah. I'm getting worked wow. up. The beast. Uh, it's also got a self-sealing gas tank. So if it gets hit with a bullet or something, it immediately seals up. Probably use that goo from the infomercials. <laughs> this stuff you put on the side of a boat, the water won't come in. Uh, it's got Kevlar run-flat tires. It can shoot tear gas out of the entire thing. Really? So if it gets surrounded by a crowd. You know Trump put that in. Oh, yeah. Also can shoot an oil slick from the rear. So if it's trying to get away. That's some James Bond I know, shit. right? Really? Yes. You can Google this. Isn't there a bunch of other of his own cars behind him? They're all of a sudden just like, <laughs> no. He hit the oil slick button well, again. I, yeah. My favorite. You do you, boo. Is that the agent can flip a switch and electrify the door handle. Ow. So, what? Yeah. So if somebody tries to open the door, Ow. it'll like literally electrocute them. You guarantee you Melania hit that button. Trump, <laughs> Trump started approaching the car. Hit the electrifying button right now, James. Uh, it's also hermetically sealed. It's got oxygen tanks. So if there's ever a chemical attack, you're completely protected. Sick. Yeah, dude. And uh, it's got a self-fire extinguisher system built. So if there's a fire on the car, it sprays out that stuff that, you know, fire extinguishers used to put out cars. It's pretty much, you know, the most incredible vehicle on That's Earth. That's awesome. And you, it has a uh, satellite phone that goes directly to the vice president and the Pentagon. So the U.S. government paid GMC $16 million. G it's a GMC? Yeah. Love to, that. To develop it. $16 million? Yep. That's it? Yeah, well, for, that's for the R&D. And then the cars oh, okay. cost about $1.5 each. Okay. There's about 12 sense. in circulation. And we used to use Lincolns, but then Reagan made the switch from Lincoln to GMC, and now they're Cadillacs, which also, GMC is. Also, trying to protect the president, Lincoln's not the word. <laughs> I know, right? Go figure. They put a tracker on Shropshire's car, the, mm -hmm. the dealer who was still like out in the world. 
while they're um, tracking him, while they're like keeping tabs on him, he goes to get his car serviced. They put the car, the mechanic puts it up on the lift. He's like, hey, man, you have somebody tracking you. So he figures out like, oh, well, there's a tracker. What the fuck? And the detectives see this happen because they're like, shit, like mm-hmm. they're tapping his phone. He immediately calls the cop he's in with, Gondo. He's like, hey, what does this mean? And then Gondo on the phone, like you can hear, there's recordings of this in the phone call. He's like, oh yeah, it means someone from the other side is watching you. You better be careful. And then he pauses because he's like, I'm on the wire right now. And he's like, you know what? I don't even know who this is. I don't know who I'm talking to. He like tries to like, play dumb. He literally says, man, I don't even know who I'm talking to. Definitely somebody's been uh, tracking you. You know, I you know what I'm talking to you, so whatever you do, you do. Like, Serious? After that yes. part? Yes. It's like, because <laughs> he like, a, yeah. <laughs> you remember that scene? Yeah, that's a, that's a sketch, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see the dude, like, he's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're for sure, uh, like, tracking you. They've probably bugged your phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> this isn't a new Because this is the storyline he's talking about. Right. right. The plot oh, line you. to the show. Yeah. This is this is real. all of it. Oh no, it's what happened. This is real. Yeah, what it, happened. It, oh, oh, yeah. okay. It it happened, but that's, it's like that's what the show is. Oh, that's yeah. based on the show. Yeah. That's yeah. But there there it's on the show, but there's also an actual audio recording where you can hear the guy and he pauses and he's like he literally says, I don't even know who I'm talking to. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> and then you hear it and like you think, dude, the FBI already knows, man. They already fir- they already heard the first part. Like <laughs> So then when it got so crazy, like there was just so much going on, the governor of Massachusetts set up something. It was called the Court of Oyer and Terminer, which just meant the court to hear and decide. And it was top to bottom run by the church, and it was just a court specifically designed for these witch trials. So it was like a specialty court. And so there were a couple things that could be used as evidence against you. There was direct evidence that if, excuse me, direct testimonials rather. Okay. So if like at least two people claim they saw you do witchcraft. Just two? Yeah. Like in person, they saw it with their own eyes. That would count. Oh, shit. If you confessed, sometimes they would try and like pressure you to confess. Right. Because you're thinking like, oh, just don't torture me. I'll stop. I'll say it. Or then, this is really ridiculous. This guy named William Stoughton introduced something known as spectral evidence. And spectral evidence basically is if you see in a vision or a dream Shut up. that someone's a witch, that also counts. That's like the same energy as like like you waking up and you telling your boyfriend, I had a dream that you cheated on me and then Dude. being actually mad. Like yeah. that's the that same shit. Except even worse because you're going to fucking your die. Your life is at stake. Holy yeah. shit. You're in court and someone's Ooh. like, Dude, I totally dreamt she's a witch. And they're like, well, spectral evidence. But again, it's just these things get out of – it was like a machine that just oh, couldn't God. be controlled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had tests they would do to see if someone was a witch. There were specific things they would do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of this happened in Europe too. And then it kind of came over to the States. So there were a few different ones. Now this one didn't really take off in the States. This was more of a European thing, but it's so interesting. They believed that witches would float in the water. So oh. if you were a witch, you would sink. So they would tie you to rocks or a chair. And then it was like, well, if they sink, then they're a human and we'll pull them out. If they float, they're a witch, and we know they're evil, and they need to drown. But the problem was, like, as you can guess, you go in the water tied to a chair with rocks. It's not like they're going to pull you out right away. I was going to say, did they, though? Like, that's, that's like, a very, like, you got to be timely with that. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence that they screwed it up quite a bit. Um, no shit. So they didn't do that, and there's no record of that in the colonies. Now, it might have okay. happened, but there's no records of yeah. it. There were records of something called witch's cake. Now, again, they had really weird ways of testing for bewitchment. So this is what it was. I'm ready. Somebody is diagnosed with having been like put a spell, like a witch cursed them with a spell or something, okay? That person pees into like a pot or a bucket or something. Then they take the pee, they mix it in with rye, they bake what's called a witch's cake, and they feed it to a dog. And if the dog shows signs of bewitchment, then the woman who peed is, or man even, um, there were some men tried, then they are a witch. So they were just out there feeding dogs pea cakes and doing these tests. But the problem was- so many questions. Wait, throw it. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah. First off, why? I'm surprised it's dogs because witches, I feel like, are always associated with cats. So the dogs here- Do you know why that me. is? I don't. I'll tell you. 
comes from the Black Plague. So, oh, but a hundred years before the witch trials started, was the height of the Black Plague, which was mostly spread through rats. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of rats around. What's around too? Cats. Cats. Yeah. And so when you saw a lot of cats, you're like, "Fuck, the plague is here." I've been cursing a lot in this episode, by the way. I don't usually curse this much. It's okay. Um, I, I I fuck with it. Hell yeah! Look <laughs> at that. I mean, I don't. It doesn't I mean it's a weed show. Like, of course. <laughs> the thing about samurai, do they had this honor code? They had to invent that because they were getting so out of control that the guys who oversaw them were like, we need to have sort of like honor code to keep us in check. Hey, don't kill random peasants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there was the thing. Rule number one, you got to stop the peasant killing. That's crazy. Do you know, have you heard the term Harikari or Harry yeah. Kari? Okay. Yeah. So, so that. Favorite announcer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like the slang term for what's called a gut cut. And basically, if you were dishonored, as a samurai, you had to kill yourself. Yeah. But yeah. the system was – it wasn't Not like in the – honorable way to do it. Yes. Yeah. Right. They were the, – the samurai were like obsessed with honor. Like you look your enemy in the eye. You fight like a brave warrior. You don't run from danger. It is better to die than to be dishonored. But the way that that system works – I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going to stop you right there. I, 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 I could be dishonored. Hey, I wanna, right now. I want to join I, a, I mean, a different like, class yeah. system. Yeah, I was going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Right but here's the thing, dude. It I wasn't, can move schools or something. I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah. It wasn't... I know I it wasn't... Hey, you, get, to the you get, like, embarrassed <laughs> to the fucking cafeteria. <laughs> you tripped. <laughs> you tripped. Yeah, sorry, you got to go. Yeah. The way it worked, dude, so they... Had, so it wasn't like you just did it on a whim. There's, like, a whole ceremony involved, and you are all white and you take it like sake before and everything but then basically they put down a canvas they sell that to help your family (laughs) with the funeral expenses (laughs) even though you were supposed to stab yourself in the gut they didn't you didn't have to just bleed there they would have someone come and chop off your head or they actually it was nice it was dishonorable to cut off the whole head they wanted to cut it just enough where you bleed to death quickly but it stays attached i guess it was like considered like too mean to chop the head off completely. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah. if you were going to do so that. They're like, all right, guys, where are we going? This is... <laughs> it's the aesthetic of it. <laughs> God, this is kind of grim. I think I just stabbed himself in the still Yeah, bad. but it's got his head on it. But if you were going to do that, it was customary to, like, ask a friend that you trusted. So, okay. like, imagine if, like, Eric was going to do it and he asked you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I didn't. I'd fucking, I'd cut his whole head off. And like, <laughs> like, man, I just, I was the best man at your wedding already. Now I got to do this shit. Fucking, when does, yeah. it, when does it end? Yeah. Is there another registry piece of shit? So Virgin Galactic, have you heard of this? You know what this yes, is? Yes, yes, yes. Do you want to go into space? I don't want to be on the first one. Right. I don't, <laughs> don't want to be on, put me on like after they like seven, 800 trips in. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and jump on. But, you know, so I would have loved it. I would love to do that. I, I mean, hell, I'm. I'm I'm almost there in spirit anyway. I stay high. Yeah, there I you just go. Passed Jupiter last week. It's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per flight, and if you dedicated one billion to that, you could go every single day for a decade straight. Wow! Right now, those flights, by the way, you would get your own custom spacesuit. They would have Slink or whatever name you want monogrammed on it. That'll be fly. I wonder if they can make my shit cashmere. But I'll be up there, motherfucker, looking good. Yeah, right. With some big ass boots on and shit. And you got to put a ventilation system in mine because I don't want to go until you can smoke. Oh, true. I right. I want to be yeah. the first motherfucker to smoke weed on another planet. I'm talking about with a janky ass blunt with a hole in it that I got to put my finger over because I'm playing it like a flute. On fucking Venus is smoking. Sir Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah. Fuck with your boy, man. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Mark yep. Zuckerberg. All you rich motherfuckers, let me in. I know you want a real black friend. You had a pet before? I yeah. had a pet snail that, um, well, I had two. Okay. And one died, sadly. Yeah. RIP. They fucked a lot. You can tell one's on top of the other, and the one snail has like a dick. Yeah. Kind of. Right. This thing that comes out that sticks in the other snail. Oh. I came home one day, there's eggs all over the tank. I saved the snails. There you from go. The sidewalk. Yeah. So, oh, you just you didn't get it from the pet store. You just picked them up. How old were you? Pet store. Who sells snails? I don't know. How old was I? At 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do one other bird and then we're gonna move on to some mammals. Okay, but great. ducks. So duck penises are incredibly long. Can we pull up that photo? So that's a yeah. Holy shit. Okay, if the duck's a foot, the penis is 16 inches. What's interesting, though, is as the duck penis has evolved and grown, uh-huh. the duck vagina has done the same thing. So Lengthwise? And so actually, duck vaginas 
The females, it comes with various dead ends and spirals that curve in the opposite direction to try and trick the ducks. Wait a second. So the girl duck makes a maze inside her vagina to make it harder for the male duck to get her knocked up, basically. So scientists say it's kind of like a lock and key type feature where the right duck penis. I get it. Yeah. Could you imagine if like the yes, right I can. I wish. <laughs> I fucking wish. I think every female should have a vagina that's only shaped for the proper dick of a man that actually is going to give her what he says. I think that's a great idea. In fact, ima- I'm going to go to a surgeon tonight. <laughs> Can you imagine if you got? The- Listen, um, my pussy is shaped in this specific way that if you aren't willing to get your dick operated on. To fit my pussy, then, uh, unfortunately, this is going to last. Well, this is where it really kicked kicked off crazy, okay? okay? So Stalin's got all these people locked up. He's in World War II, and he's like, I need to replenish my front lines. So he tells a bunch of the people in the gulags, hey, if you go fight in the war, I'll either, like, reduce your sentence or just pardon you outright. So the thieves are like, hey, fuck that. No, we are loyal to our thievery. We're not going to go fight for Stalin. But a lot of people did. Yeah. Because they, so then this is what came into effect from 1945 to 1953. It was known, it was literally called the Bitch Wars. I'm not <laughs> making that up. Okay? okay. So, so, suka is the Russian word for bitch. Anybody who defected, or like, def- like, um, some snap to signed it. up to fight in the military, they were labeled a suka, basically. They were called a bitch. It doesn't have quite <laughs> the same translation as like in America, but. It is funny to me that, like, in multiple language, a, specifically a female dog is a, is a slang, like a curse slang. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. I have to research the etymology of that. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. But either way, so, okay. So then a lot of the suka who, when they were done fighting, they still had to go back to the gulags. It was reduced sentences, but they still had to go back. So then it was, like, a total war between, like, let's say, for example, Stalin shaved off five years, but they still had to do the other five or something. So yeah, what? yeah, it seems like I don't, I don't know. I would have fucking left, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, sure. like in the middle of the war, it, just kind of like take your helmet off. Yeah, it, <laughs> look at it start. I've never been in a war zone. I have to think it's not quite that easy. But what year is this? It's World War Two. It's so it's like yeah. Yeah, okay. 1944, 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they got heat-seeking missiles. I think <laughs> sure. you, I think you could sneak off at fucking. All right. Yeah, you just can go like I guess. Kick it in France. Try and restart your life in France. Yeah. Way better than going back and either having to be a part of this communist bullshit or right. or this fucking mob. It's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, so then when they went to prison, back to prison, they were, you know, really targeted by the, the thieves who stayed in prison. Mm-hmm. So they started working for the guards. And basically the guards were using these guys. And then even though it got crazy violent, there's like records showed that like they let it continue because they thought it was an easy way to weed out criminals. And the government was like, well, if they just kill each other. You know, we don't have to deal with it. You know what? I like that. Yeah. I think that's just let them Um, them burn out. Okay. After World War II, there was something called the Bretton Woods Agreement. And the Bretton Woods Agreement is where all of the major countries of the world got together and they were like, hey, this is really bad. Like we had two major wars back to back. Turns out no one had fun. Yeah. This was not a good... And a lot of it came from financial instability in Europe yes. and all kinds of things. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So they're like, and it, it was called Bretton Woods Agreement because it happened in Bretton Woods, uh, New Hampshire. So then they finally landed on basically using the U.S. dollar as the currency of the world, and then the U.S. dollar was backed by physical gold, meaning that all the other currencies of the world would be valued in relation to, to us. To us, we, you know, if people don't know, we made so much goddamn money between World War One and especially after Oh, it's two. what made us a superpower. Yes, because Europe got decimated. They're spending so much money buying stuff from us. And so we were kind of like, hey, we're like the big swinging dick. We're in charge now, and the world's kind of like, all right, fine. Okay. Yeah. So then, at the time, gold was valued at around $20 uh, an ounce. So okay. basically, if with the way it worked is there was gold in like Fort Knox. And if you were like, hey, I need to get an ounce of gold. Here's my $20. They could, could give that to you. Yeah. Okay. And they were then, pissed when you would ask. They're like, God damn it. But they had to give it to you. So after this, the U.S. had acquired two-thirds of the world's gold. So two-thirds of the world's gold was sitting in Fort Knox. 
because of it's a lot of earrings. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. And just to put this back in perspective, historical records show that as far back as five thousand years ago, gold was used as like the currency of you know all financial transactions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then mm-hmm. we get to Vietnam War, and the Vietnam War was very expensive, as yeah. you can imagine, and. Nixon and his administration, I won't put it all on him, but his administration realizes. Feel free. I yeah. encourage it. Yeah, they're like, they realize, like, well, you've got all the gold, and we really control the world's currency, so, like, we can just, like, print more money and, like, fund uh, this war. You fucker. You, re- you know what I'm saying? Uh. So then it basically, the, um, an ounce of gold rose from, like, $20 to $35 an ounce to, like, 44 I believe. It was, like, going up and up and up. And then the European countries are starting to be like, hey, what is going on? And France, in 1971, sent a French warship to New York to pick up their gold. They're like, hey, we're going to take the gold back. Here's your shitty dollars. We need our gold. In our- and Nixon's like, I think the jig is up. I don't think we're taking this. By the way, and there was like massive gold rush panics. They had to bring in news crews to look at the gold in the uh, in Fort Knox, which almost never had. Like they don't let people just tour that. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the world was panicking, and there's all these rumors of like, no, the U.S. is siphoning off the gold and yeah. it's fake money. So they had to like invite crews in and be like, put it on the news, please. Tell everybody, yeah, it's look fine. at this. Your gold is here. Relax. Have you been into a facility like that? Mm-mm. So have you? I, I have um, been into the. Treasury that LA has. I don't okay. know if for California, but for LA, um, did that through school. We got a private tour of it, and there, there's just rooms where I think we might have seen some gold, but it's mostly they just have cash in there. It was literally imagine you're in a Costco, yeah, and floor to ceiling, yeah. every rack, every counter, yeah. every shelf is solid stacks of hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of which are loose bins that they're sorting to take out of circulation. And what kind of security is in there? In, insane. Yeah, yeah. But I remember the feeling I had where it, just seeing that amount of wealth, your body reacts to it, where there was something in the back of my brain where it was like, I can get, how can I take yeah. some of it? Where yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. this primal thing Dude, of like, how can I steal? Because you're around this where you see, yeah. if I had well, that, my life would be fine. And there's some primal yeah. instinct in yeah. you that, got thrown where i was like how do i steal and i had to go what what are you doing cereal actually came into popularity by this guy named dr john kellogg have you ever heard of him by chance no but i know kellogg yeah you know kellogg cereal right so that came from this guy very strange dude he thought masturbation was the most evil thing on earth he was like a total puritan i mean i know right yeah (laughs) he was married he never even had sex with his wife they adopted all of their kids wow can you imagine that wow imagine never having sex with your wife wow right imagine how she would be i know women go crazy when they don't get any either he believed there are all these symptoms you could get from masturbation bad posture acne epilepsy mood swings wait epilepsy might happen for you a think... brief moment i mean you're like uh. <laughs> is that good <laughs> so he was actually very opposed to spicy foods he thought spice in your food would make it which makes sense like you know gets you all worked up kind of sensual so he was like really against this and for some reason he like really advocated making like kind of plain bland kellogg's flakes type cereal as a staple he had a brother and his brother saw like the avail uh ability to make a lot of money off the cereal industry right. and dr kellogg was like no we need to make this to like stop people from masturbating and his brother's like we can like make a cereal empire so then it became <laughs> the, the kellogg's that we know today and this didn't take off but he was trying to put these metal devices on men's penises that it would basically if they got an erection it would like hurt them i'm gonna need you to stop like <laughs> Sorry. doing that because i'm trying not to look down i'm like mean- i'm like doing this <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be. Rude. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to. Um. Okay. Anyway, we'll move on. He's <laughs> like, right? and then yeah. it's just we're both a little high right we now. Just... Yeah. So this other guy comes to power named Jacques Dessalines, and he is like vicious on a level that they've never seen because at first they were only killing like men of fighting age in battles and things of that nature. I can I can imagine where this goes. Yeah. It's, uh, I think we just 
probably just kind of did similar stuff in Afghanistan. Go on. More or less. Yeah. So Dessalines, like if you're white and you're not like a, a young child, you're dead. Yeah. And so they were just going. And so then the French really try and step it up. So they, I don't, this is insane. They, apparently there were do- like man eating dogs in Cuba. So they went and rounded up a bunch of dogs and eat people. Sounds so Cuban. And they just, and they would like, somehow they knew how to corral them. Yeah, and they sent them dogs. after the Haitians. And uh, there was another guy named um, General Francis Capui, I think is how you say his name. Capuas, maybe. He was known as Capuas the Death. And because he was like such a. Like, Capui the Death. Yeah. Like that was his nickname. And there was one, this, this is wild to me. I don't understand how this is possible, but there's one like very detailed anecdote of a fight that he had. And the French were on top of a hill with like a fort, fortified, you know, stronghold. But Capui was like, just he and his men were going and going. They were like, like getting slaughtered, but they were so vicious and determined that, you know, they wouldn't stop. And at one point, like, they were, had stories of, like, a guy would get up to the thing and shove his arm into a cannon because, like, they knew enough that, like, if the arm blew off in the cannon, you wouldn't be able to use it again in the battle. Yeah. So, and then he even, like, at a certain point... Might um, you say suicide bomber? Yeah, okay, there you go. But this is the part that's nuts. That's right, the whites invented suicide bombing, too. Yeah. Wait, which side are we on now? I forget. Was, or was that, that like, a black guy? It was a black guy. The oh, black the guy. blacks invented suicide bombing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Take know. that, Arabs. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> is, that, is that cultural appropriation? No. I like, mean, you don't really hold on to it. You yeah, know? I guess that's true. Um, but uh, there was one point where, like, he, um, like, his men were starting to retreat, and he's like, no, we got to keep going. He, like, ran to the front and was like, even he got his hat shot off, and it didn't even flinch, and he was, you know, going. So then they paused. I don't understand how this happens. It says, this literally is like a historical record. They paused the fighting, and the French gave him an applause break, and then a representative from the French came down and just said, like, hey, that was really impressive what you just did. And then they resumed fighting. Yeah. That is wild. Game on. Oh, they also played pranks on each other. Somehow, I guess they had money and they could figure this out. He had someone put a baboon in a trunk and put a mask on it of like a demon. And then he had like a, I know, right? Like, first, how do you get a baboon? No, na- no. Yeah, I'm, I was already like, there were baboons back then. And like, where in England. Bab- yeah. What? I, mean, I don't know how to get a baboon now. Like, think no, about no. Like, in colonial times. But, 17- like, Craigslist or something, and, like, they did not have that. So, what were they doing? But that just proves if you're rich enough, you just send you get somebody. anything. It's like, go find me a baboon. Or and you're then- fired and you can never eat again. Okay, fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, yeah. they'd probably kill you. No, I mean, they wouldn't kill I don't know. They'd throw you in jail for sure, though. Yeah. But I don't, I don't honestly, admittedly, I, I think baboons are in Africa. I don't know 100%. Yeah, I think they're not in this country. They're not, they weren't, in, they weren't in Europe for sure. So someone had to no. get on a boat, and I mean, I guess maybe there was like like a serious boat, though. Yeah, or maybe there probably was like at least you know what you know what for sure when there's rich people, there's like um, economies around rich people. Like mm. there for sure was like a guy, like a Tiger King of the day. Oh wow! Who probably? Oh, had, there was one guy who had. Yeah. He's like, yo, you need a bat? What do you want? A tiger? You want a baboon? Yes. Oh, like a Tiger King. That's so funny. You know what I'm saying? Like so somebody true. of colonial England. Yeah. Who would like had exotic animals? Yeah, it's like no, they didn't have them, but like I know a guy. I know one a guy. guy. One guy for all of the. Get you, ba- yeah. you want a baboon and get you, ba- you want yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the story goes that they were like doing the ceremony, and then Dashwood's like summon the d- prince of darkness, and then the guy pulled a rope and it opened the trunk, and this monk, like this baboon, oh with a demon has jumped out, and the people are like holy fuck, yeah. Also, just a fun fact about um, one of the members, a guy named John Montague who was the fourth Earl of Sandwich. Now, Sandwich is an actual town, yeah. a parish in no, England. And there's an urban legend that he is the reason we have sandwiches. Now, people used to eat bread and meat together and stuff, but there's like this, and who knows if this is true or not, but the story goes that he was actually uh, gambling at a card game, and he was really hungry, and he didn't want to get up. He, I mean, he didn't want to like have to like use silverware because he was using his you know hands for the cards. So he told them, just put the meat and the bread together, and I'll just eat it that way. And then everybody at the card table is like, oh, wow, Sandwich has this great new thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. And which, I mean, it kind of adds up. I mean, he was from Sandwich. That was yeah, a, yeah. It was a town before it was a thing. Yeah, right, right. But, like, I mean, just ima- if that's your life. Like, imagine if there was a thing called, like, the Avra, and it was just, like, a staple of all. What would be the Avra? Wow, you- gosh. I just feel like they're already all taken. I'm so sad. <laughs> um, Like... Like, 
naps, but like it's already <laughs> taken. Like a siesta. Um, like naps anywhere you want. Like naps, like on like on this glass table. Like that's called in narcolepsy. Because you need it. Okay, maybe that's already taken. It's called narcolepsy. Yeah. Look it up. Did you ever learn about the 1914 Ludlow massacre? No. You don't know about this. I don't. Please okay. Enlighten me. So in 1914, 21 people were killed. Now what happened was 75% of the coal that was mined was mined by Rockefellers like subsidiary companies. Okay. And a lot of that was used for various things they needed. And it was uh shocked is no one a terrible working situation. Still is, yeah. For these guys. Um the workers that worked under his uh, coal companies died at twice the rate of the normal national average. Which, by the way, national average, not great. No. <laughs> it's and a it lot was, of people. And just to highlight, I listened to a podcast that explained what it was like. These men spent all of their time in basically total darkness except for a candle. Mm -hmm. And they were, you know, using primitive tools, like not uh, machinery, like really, you know, basic tools to mine coal. They would die very young from lung illness and they were constantly like crawling on their hands and knees. It was brutal, brutal work. They were also paid in company cash. Yes, that's correct. They didn't yes. even get real money. Didn't give them real money. So um, the, the workers and their families lived in these company towns. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, if you work for us, you have a free place to stay, quote unquote. And but then were, you can't leave because you didn't make any money. So right. you have no choice but to continue working there. And you could only, like you said, or spend the like credit that you, or it was called script. You could only spend mm -hmm. the script in the company store. Yep. Just to, just to really hammer that in for people listening, right? Imagine you worked at like McDonald's. And the only place you could live was, like, the McDonald's apartment building. Which, God, can you imagine uh, how terrible that would be? And the only food you were credited was McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure people would die at twice the rate at yeah. that point. So over the course of 30 years, 1,700 miners died. That's, on average, one per week. Imagine Jeez. once a week one of your coworkers the workers dies, died. right? And over that 30-year period with those 1,700 deaths... Do you know how many times the company found was found to be legally at fault? Oh, zero. I'm betting it's one. zero. One? It was one. One breakout case. We got to give them one. One. And I'm sure as soon as that happened, Rockefeller like either bribed that judge or got him kicked out of it. You know. So anyway, so things hit critical mass. 90% of the mining workforce went on strike. They got oh, I bet he took that great. <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah, he was thrilled. Yeah. So they got kicked out of their Houses. Rockefeller housing and they set up tent cities mm -hmm. around the mining area because they wanted to also intimidate like scabs. That was the term people don't know. Right. If you were to, you know, go um, work while the um, strike was happening. And the town of Ludlow had 12,000, uh, excuse me, 1,200 of the people striking. And that was the where this massacre we're going to talk about in a second took place. So, of course, Rockefeller, even though he like denied that he was super directly involved, but he hired a mercenary force to go and just intimidate these people. So they would do things like they would have super bright lights and shine it in their tents. So they couldn't sleep. Drive their cars around, honk the horns, and it would just it would escalate. So then there was a security patrol car known as the Death Special, and they would drive around and shoot their rifles just over the tents and like again, just really horrible terrorizing. It got to the point where actually the Colorado National Guard got involved on the side of the mercenaries terrorizing of course. the illegal strike because they were squatting and, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like when we did cult podcast episodes on Joseph Smith and mm -hmm. the state of Missouri is like, kill all Mormons on site. <laughs> like, yeah, which, dude. I mean, hey, the Mormons were not doing great stuff, but you can't just, like, exterminate people. Well, dude, I mean, look what happened at Waco. Uh, well, that's complicated, but sure, yes, yeah. yes. I don't think that was the intention. No, I don't think so. I think that was accidental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think it was poor planning. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think stuff. our government intended to slaughter those people. No, I don't think so. They, uh, do I think they stopped when it was it, it, when it was clear that that's what's going to happen? No, right. <laughs> that's where they were things like, well, get. We're this far in now. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there were some definite mistakes made, but like with the Mormons, Missouri's just like kill them. Nah, kill them. Yeah. Back to the Ludlow Massacre. So this went on for six months. The just Jeez. terrorizing. And then it got to a critical mass where basically things started to hit ahead. The guys who were in the group of the miners striking, they were convening. They're like, I think we need to just like get our rifles and bum rush to the, um, you know, at the guards. But the guards saw this. They started mounting with machine guns on like they were. So they were kind of high up looking down into the miners. Right. Mm. 
And then story goes that they set off some dynamite to try and intimidate the miners, but the miners thought that they were attacking them. So then bullets started flying and it was like a total melee. In total, 21 people were killed, including women and children. This went on for 10 days, by the way. It wasn't like 21 people died quickly. Because of all the chaos, a lot of the people had dug pits under their tents to hide in before the shooting went, just like from the- From uh, the people firing at their tents. Correct, thank you. Because obviously they're not gonna shoot, yeah. And they just, you know, um, and that actually unfortunately backfired because a lot of fires broke out and a lot of those people got stuck in the pits when their tent was on fire. Well, that That's a lot like Waco where they get stuck <clears throat> in the room downstairs while it, yeah. it burns over them. Very, yeah. very similar. Mm -hmm. In the course of uh, seven months, 200 people died. Jeez. So it was pretty bad. And keep in mind, again, this is Rockefeller who yeah. kicked this whole thing off.